Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome to my feed. This is Richard Herring. And uh, this is a retro Rahalastapa. It gives you a chance to catch up ones you may have missed, the ones that I think are the best, and also to re-listen, because they're from ages ago. Uh, and if you want to spread these round to your friends, that would be lovely too. Do recommend us if you can. Every listen helps, and every download means we can make more stuff for you. Or you can come and see us on tour, richardherring.com slash for all the details of that. Anyway, this one is the second appearance, I believe, of the wonderful Peter Serafinowicz, who we've been trying to get back, nearly got him back on the tour. Maybe we'll get him back in 2024. Um, he's a very interesting man, and he's a worldwide star. And I just remember him talking very slowly and considerably in this one. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Just a chance to catch up on old ones. And to spread them round like a horrible virus until Rahulastapa dominates the world, and you will all see my power.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre for the last time in this series. Please welcome a man who has never, in his memory at least, had an altercation with a shepherd. It's Richard Herring. It's the end of series 10 of Miyachis. Hello. Can't believe we've done it. Uh, we're in the last one of the series. Uh, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. I'm Richard Herring, and this is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. But I was down at recording of As It Occurs to Me. Uh, a lot of cool kids hang out down there. They call it Relish, but I don't know if that's going to... But they don't call As It Occurs to Me Ultimate. That's the, weird, that's, the, that's the weird thing. So they're cool, they're half cool, those people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is the last show. Uh, I was going to... Let's, uh, let's take a little last look at the... Uh, the audience we got here. Oh, God. Uh, I just, uh, before the show, I just uh, reminded people to turn off their mobile phones and realised I hadn't turned off my mobile phone for the whole of, la- the whole of last week's uh, recording. My son. <laughs> there for a week, right? That's, in, that's kind of. Ringworm. That's frightening. It's what? Sorry? Ringworm. It's ringworm again. <laughs> Jane Kerry is back again for the second time. <laughs> Terrifying. He loves the show. Animal based, that's the thing about it. So, uh, we've got some lovely people. We've got this sort of handsome couple here. Are you together? Yes. Yeah, that's well, you've done well for yourself, mate. With a, it's nice to know a bearded man can get a mate. That is the. What's your name, sir? Ian. Ian. Good. And uh, have, you, have you ever had an altercation with a shepherd? In your, you look like the kind of man who would. Have you ever had an altercation with anyone? You, you've got, there's, a, no. there's a softness to you that I now. The beard made me think action man. Because it looks like quite... Is that what you're attracted to? It was the beard there when you met, or is it... No, no and then he grew it, and then you start. That's the thing. That's, men can do that. They don't have a beard. You think, oh, normal, not a nerd, good, good bloke. Then you're in, he relaxes, grows a beard, and you're stuck with a bloke with a beard. That is a terrible... What's your name? Tara. Tara, that's nice. Uh, and uh, have you... Um, if you had to choose... <laughs> I'm starting to decide, because you ask me what they do, that's what comedians do. No comedian asks. If you had to choose between having a hand made out of ham or an armpit that is meant sun cream, which would you choose? I'd choose the sun cream. Would you? Yeah. That's quite unusual. You, you, you want to reconsider? Because it's free ham. <laughs> free ham, but it's not, it doesn't matter if you're vegetarian, it's not, no animal has died. It's free, non-guilt ham. Like you give it away to people? You, well, no, you could eat it, because it's not ham. It's not from a pig, is it? Is your eat? No, nothing's died. Is your uh, is your objection to eating meat that it's meat, or is your objection to eating meat that an animal has died? No animal has died. Yeah, that's the question. Do you want to eat yourself, Ian? Yeah. Have you tried? You know it. You know it. Uh, so uh, anyway, look, we don't want to interview you. It's lovely to meet you. And I applaud your moral stance. I did it for 15 years as well before I realised that I was saving no animals. <laughs> if everyone was vegetarian, there'd be no fucking animals. You're, the mo- you're worse than Hitler. So who was also vegetarian? <laughs> so um, you hate animals. And want them all dead. So um, it's, it's a conundrum, isn't it? It's a weird conundrum when you think like that. So uh, look, we're going to introduce our final guest of the series. He's probably best known. I've sat down on you. I don't usually sit down for this and it feels weird. I'm, I'm going to do this from now on. It's, it's interesting, you know, 140 in, you suddenly realise there's a new way of doing stuff. Uh, he's probably best known of the, as the voice of Jacques Chirac uh, from Spinning Image. 
that's what he's best known for. Uh, he's second best known for that. He's best known for the thing that I said in the first time he was on. It's Peter Sanfinwich, ladies and gentlemen. He's got it. Thank you. Welcome back. Sit down. Pick up the microphone. You're sitting on your microphone. There you go. That was pleasant, wasn't it? <laughs> Hello. <coughs> that was a good start, wasn't it? It was all right. Welcome back. It's nice to be back to having a tall man in the seat rather than a short person, which is what we had last week. So uh, it's good to be here. Do you, um, Jack Chirac, how's your... Can you still do Jack Chirac? No, you know, to, to, to be honest, uh, I, I hate when people bring that up. Uh, um... Jacques Chirac. Yeah, it's pretty good because no one would know if it was right or wrong, would they? That's, that's a good one too. That's according to your IMDb. I didn't know you did Spitting Image, but you did the last series of Spitting Image, I guess, or was that not true? Oh, God, yeah. I did do the last series yeah. of Spitting Image, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was at a time when I didn't know anything about um, politics or current affairs or... You know, what, just what people sounded like, really. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't really... It, I, I mean, it was a great thing to be involved in, yeah. you know. It was, the, it was the very last series, but it was a bit disappointing. It had kind of... It had run out of... I mean, I was going to say run out of steam, but, I mean, there wasn't even any... You know, there were a couple of little water molecules <laughs> uh, in the air, but... Um, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I I just wasn't very good on it. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite. Early. That was one of the first things you did, though. Presumably. Yeah, it was. Um, it, 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 it was. Uh, I, you know, it was where I. I think it was one of the first things where I I, I started to get starstruck by. Like one of the reasons I wanted to get into comedy was to to kind of meet and work with all these people that had inspired me, like um, uh, Harry Enfield, you know. So I, 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 I met Harry on this show, you know, and uh, um, Steve Coogan I met briefly, you know, and, and, uh, I, 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 and I, was, I was probably like 22 or something, and uh, I, I, I was so excited, and I knew all the things these guys had done, and, you know, they were... I was like, hi, hi, Steve. Uh, it's really, it's great, great to meet you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's, nice, it's, nice, yeah, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I'm only, uh, I'm just here for the uh, the, the first uh, episode, and you know, uh, I, I, was, I, I, was, I was sort of, you know, doing it for, uh, 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 as a favour, really. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, uh, nice to meet you, Phil. Uh, and, um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, and, and Harry, you know, is very, uh, you know, he's just so, he's really, you know, I mean, you know, Harry Enfield, he's, he's, he's so friendly and nice and uh, supportive and, you know, very shy and, you know, um, uh, uh, who else did I meet on that show? Alistair, <laughs> Alistair McGowan yeah. and, uh, uh, oh God, there was someone else, uh, John Lloyd, who, you know, do you know John Lloyd? Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, uh, who's like an incredibly influential uh, comedy producer and genius, and 
So it, yeah, it was it was it was, uh, it was good. And then watching it go out um, on, on the TV um, in the days when we used to watch television, you know, we used to be in at a certain time to watch a program go out at a, at a certain time. Um, we um, God, I sound old-fashioned, don't I? What a <laughs> bore! What a fucking bore I am. Um, the, uh, it was it was quite a disappointing experience, you know. Um, and then uh, uh, <laughs> like watching a whole a whole episode and like just kind of not laughing, <laughs> thinking, "Oh God, I've ruined it," you know. But. Um, I think we probably wrote on that series, so it's probably our fault, if anything. I don't know. No, Did we, you? We wrote. We we tried to write Spitting in a Drip, but it might have been a little bit earlier than that. But uh, we got like two sketches on, but yeah. they were never, you know. What were they? Can you remember? The two sketches we got on were, um, I think, were I think this got on was Doc Cotton and Arnold Schwarzenegger as quite an unlikely pairing of cops. Right. They dislike each other, but then get on in the end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that sounds funny. Yeah. That sounds good. Because uh, we realised that we that would get on because it was they we realised which puppets they would want to use and they liked it when two two puppets that wouldn't use. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of written backwards almost that one. And we did a sketch. A run, I wrote a running sketch about Mr. Kipling's the Mr. Kipling advert, but it was all about the friend of Mr. Kipling being obsessed with cakes and. You know, I can't quite remember. I, I, I used it in one of my shows in the end, but it was literally just hands coming in and going, oh, Mr. Kipling. Oh, Mr. Kipling gets annoyed with him coming around and eating all his cakes or something like that. <laughs> it, was a running, it was a running joke. But then none of the... We wrote quite a lot of stuff, but that was the only two bits they got on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you just reminded me of a thing that me and Robert Popper did where we... Uh, uh, we got an old Mr. Kipling advert. Yeah. I don't know, some of you... Uh, Older people might remember this one from like this the the, the eighties uh, of two. Uh, I noticed two little boys scrumping in my orchard, <laughs> and um, uh, he eventually, uh, at the end of the advert, he takes them in and takes pity on them. He doesn't punish them, and he he gives them uh, uh, he gives them uh, some uh, of his Bramley apple pies. <laughs> and, and, but we revoiced it and got the music, revoiced it, so he was kind of mean to them. <laughs> and I, I took them in and I gave them a good telling off, and then I made them both eat soap. <laughs> and then that was the end of the advert. It was like, wow, imagine if that was actually on TV. That would be really strange. Um, yeah, it just reminded me there's an advert on at the moment that I, that I think is very strange. But anyway, I'll, I'll try and remember that with okay. uh, my, my third uh, dormant brain. I'm just going to boot it up now. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, you've been doing a lot of this revoicing. With, let's talk about the Trump thing. The, you do this, the Trump character. Uh, yes, uh, I've been doing these. Um, I don't know as, uh, as, uh, how many of you have seen these sassy Trump videos that I've been doing. Oh, right. Oh, great, great, great. Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and... Um, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, <laughs> fuck <this. laughs> I will say by the time this goes out, he is almost certainly dead. So that is, that's, so yeah. for people listening at home, we're not being disrespectful. He's alive as we're saying this. Yeah, yeah. If he's dead in your future, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad really, but. Yeah, way, no, I is. mean, you know, the, 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 when, 
you know, that night that that he won the election, you know, the, the, then the, 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 there were messages the next day. There's there this common thing of, well, you know, you're going to be doing that for the next four <laughs> years. And comedians are rejoicing because they've got this character that they can lampoon. And, oh, my God. And it's really not like... I, I, that's not the mood amongst comedians, no. I would say. You know, it, it's like... Um, you know, apart from the sheer terror that, that everybody is, is, is fear. Can I just ask, actually, right, like, honestly, are there any Trump supporters in this room? I'm not going <laughs> to... No, 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 honestly, it just, you know, because we all have different opinions, and, and uh, is there anybody in this room that is a Trump supporter? Wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, I did a gig for some bankers the other day, and I, yeah. and I said, how do you feel about Trump? And there was a table at the back of young men who went, because I thought they would be upset about you know, him destroying all economy wow. and money. So what, you said... So, so there are some fans of him. In, I think like with it, in our country, the people can look at that and go, you idiots in America voting for him without looking at the idiotic choices we've made in our own, in our own country. So I think there'll be less Trump supporters in the UK. Yeah. I had yeah. lunch with a Trump supporter. I went, I went to Indiana on holiday. Yeah. Because uh, we, we were going to visit some of my wife's family who live in proper Indiana Trump. And she had five Trump things out the front. They all, you know, they all had reasons for it. She's, she was, you know, a reasonable-ish person. But she, yeah. She, yeah. she blamed... It was the Benghazi thing, wasn't it, where uh, the diplomat got... Killed and that she blamed rock incorrectly. I think blamed. Uh, yeah, it was all kind of based on, you know, the the, the way he he the the, the the story that that they perpetuated wasn't didn't seem to me to be true. I yeah. mean, it's it, well, that was their tactic, wasn't it? It's the, it's the it's understanding if you just say a lie enough, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. So yeah, and, and politicians used to think, well, at least I've got to skirt around the truth yeah at least have the decency <laughs> that, that you know that, that what i say has to be interpreted as a fact yeah i mean at least they 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 they, they pretended they said it in the style of <laughs> of truth you know and, and and there was a sort of tacit understanding okay we know you're lying and we know that the job of a politician is to smooth the edges and you have your own agenda you know, <laughs> and um, but but this is the first time that people have actually just blatantly lied and lied and lied, and this brute force bullying that you know reminds me of reading 1984 when I was a teenager, and uh, and and that thing. Is it from that book where if you repeat a lie, the, the uh, enough times that it becomes the truth, uh, yeah, yeah, or is that like a Hitler it. quote, or is it some <laughs> some other, or is it Paul Daniel? Maybe it's Paul Daniels. <laughs> if you repeat a lie, <laughs> I think it was Paul Daniels. Let's just say it was Paul Daniels. Yeah. It was Paul Daniels. It was Paul Daniels. If you repeat a lie a lot, um, it was Paul Daniels. Uh, not not a lot, a lot. Um, it was uh, Joseph Goebbels. Wow, oh, Goebbels, Goebbels, right? Okay. Um, that was but just the voice from the back there, <laughs> from heaven, came. There was me. Don't give Paul Daniels the credit. We're living in a post-truth world now, Goebbels. It's your fault. It was Joseph <laughs> Goebbels. Um, but uh, you know, so this is this is sort of uh, frightening, and and and. Uh, it, you know, my fear was uh, that 
you know, because he went through various phases of being like, well, this is a joke, this is a publicity stunt, and three months later, <laughs> okay, all right, well, okay, the joke's kind of wearing a bit thin now, and then, oh, okay, no, people are sort of taking him seriously, and then... Uh, and then it seemed like a month before that I, I know this is boring and we've all had all this exact same conversation you know but like I always thought like with him because I really thought Hillary was going to win I didn't realise how unpopular she was and how uh, how like resistant to the idea of a female president presidentess uh, Americans uh, w- w- would be. I mean, people. You know, people. And um, but 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 this this thing where Trump's kind of um, his bullying, uh, uh, like the way he could he could lie about something and or say something totally outrageous and then replace it the next day with something equally as outrageous. It's somehow like pressed reset on anything he said, and people didn't take it seriously. And in the like ephemeral world of Twitter and like this, you know, this like, you know, they used to call it like the twenty-four hour news cycle, and it's it is that now, but it's it means so much. It's like a year, isn't it? It's in it's um. If he was riding high that particular day, I thought, well, then... Because it just comes down to, like, one day, a vote, you know. And and he wasn't even in a particularly great place at that, at that time, you know. And 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 it's terrifying. And I, I kind of understand why, why people feel like they've been forgotten um, and, and uh, etc. But, but I... I I, I get why people want change and and stuff. It's just I don't I don't understand how people can't see that he is just a huge con man. Yeah. I mean, he's like the most obvious, <laughs> the most obvious con man. It's like uh, uh, um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's difficult. <laughs> well, I think in winning it does make it difficult, but it's difficult to satirize him. So we talked about this few times but because it's so extreme and what he says is so you were literally just with the sassy trumpets just you doing voicing what he has actually but, said yeah so in, so in it, a slightly it, sassy it's way it's a strange effective, situation where the only effective way that i've found that you can satirize him is by using his own actual <laughs> words because any exaggeration which is you know it's a staple of it's a it, it's a staple of of satire and uh you can't exaggerate what he does. You can't even... If, like, for instance, Veep, right? That show, Veep. Um, if they had a character of Donald Trump uh, and he did all the things that, that, that he's done in the last week, say, <laughs> um, the, the, the scripts would be thrown out of the writer's room. It's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's like God's writing team has gone on strike and he's got like <laughs> interns to write and they're using all the most, the, all the cliches and they're saying, no, let's make him really, really, you know, <laughs> extreme and like, uh, and it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, but it's like, although there's been films where someone has risen to the presidency or a monkey has risen to the presidency or whatever where it's so ridiculous and the people can't see through it and yet this is, 
If people want to believe... I, I, I think it's interesting. Someone, I was comparing it to... It was being compared to Christianity on uh, Twitter today. But with Christianity, it works. You know, it was people were saying if Jesus was here, he'd be pro-guns and he'd be kind of going, yeah. Uh, but, uh, mm. but, you know, if, with Jesus, because the Bible's a bit contradictory and because he's a, just a, he's a bit of a cipher, you can project what you want onto him. So everyone thinks... Everyone who's a Christian likes Jesus because they see themselves in Jesus. And I mm. think it's a little bit true with Donald Trump as well, is that you, you hear what you want to hear. and you, If someone says two different things, you hear the bit you want to hear. And, and also, it's because he's a bit of a cipher, you can go, I think you can look at him and go, well, I'm a bit of an idiot, and he's a bit of an idiot, but I think I'd still be good as president. So, yeah, so, yeah. You know, and we all say stupid things, yeah. and we all say things that we regret, and we all say that you know, we're sexually attracted to our daughters, and, you know, <laughs> things like that, that that just a part of normal conversation. And so but then think- it feels like, you know, I wonder if he did it on purpose. It's a bit, you know, a lot of, the, of that kind of right-wing and fascistic figures, they look foolish and they look comedic and they, you know, and, and people laugh at them. But I wonder whether that's a deliberate thing because all those people, it's so easy to latch on and mock him. So all the very people that the vote, people who vote for Trump don't like. So mm. all those, you know, left-wing... TV comedians are all taking the piss out of him, and then it just looks like they're bullying him rather than the other way around. And yeah. so, and so, therefore, you feel so, you feel, oh, why is everyone having to go at him? He's all right, really. Well, so yeah. Nice little. But the person that the person that feels most sorry for him is Donald Trump, and, <laughs> and, that, and that's, I think, his Achilles' skin, which is. <laughs> Very thin, yeah. You know, well, do you uh, worry about that? Because you, I'm absolutely certain he will have seen your YouTube stuff. I absolutely, definitely, he will have found it because he, he will Google himself and he will look on Twitter and he'll find everything and he'll, people will retweet yeah. something. And so, if you go to America uh, three years into the presidency when he's established his anti comedy, you know, are you worried that there might be repercussions that down the line? <laughs> You know, I don't know really. I Even mean, if it's just like revenge, you know, petty revenge. I, I, I mean, okay. So when I first started di- revoicing those those Trump things, I first gave him like this very sophisticated British uh, educated voice when he was in this interview, just being a total idiot and trying to sound clever, you know. And and uh, and that was that was quite amusing. I did that a couple of times. And then I did this one about. Uh, where because I, I thought he looked a bit like um, that guy uh, who plays Bricktop in the, uh, <laughs> the, the the you know the Lockstock films that brilliant actor Alan Alan Ford yeah right and um, he uh, so and he was talking about I'm gonna hit Hillary <laughs> I'm gonna hit her so hard and Bill I'm gonna hit him as well. <laughs> Uh, and this was all his words, right? And it was all... And, I, and you know, for me, I just made the very superficial uh, connection that he looked like this guy, and I thought that would be funny. And it was only when I'd finished, um, like, dobbing over this, this bit that was only, like, a minute long, and I watched it back, and I felt kind of a bit stupid because I thought, wow, this is, like... This is his, like... This is his true message, the true thing that he's getting across. Is is he actually really clever, or is this like his subconscious, you know, projecting this thing? Anyway, uh, but so I, I did that one, and that one was kind of funny, and uh, but also it made you pay attention to his words because you get, you get so 
desensitized to what he says. You know, every fucking day he says something that is that for any other presidential candidate would have finished their campaign, yeah. you know. In, in but that's a bit, usually a politician will go, oh, sorry, I said this thing and I'm withdrawing. But to actually go, nope. No, I'm not going to go. I'm yeah. not withdrawing. He doesn't, yeah. Or he denies he says it, or he doesn't comment about it at all because he's, you know. <laughs> anyway, then I, and then I hit upon this thing of uh, this, you know, the, it was like watching this video with the sound down. It was like, wow, this guy is the campus guy. <laughs> I, honestly, it's like, like, um, God, I can't even describe how, like, not only camp, but so bitchy and so, uh, so catty and so... And the more I saw it, it was like, uh, you know, there was like... The, I remember seeing one where he is in Kentucky and he's talking to uh, this audience that are predominantly uh, coal miners and their industry is, is under threat and he's going to bring back... Uh, jobs to those people, he says, and um, and so <laughs> so he's got all these. You see all these big like coal miners like sitting behind him, and they're all like big boulders of men, you know, and uh, and and he's going on this riff about uh, oh oh yeah, he comes on with a, a miner's helmet, right, and he has a little dance in a miner's helmet, right, <laughs> and he takes it off. And then, uh, and then he starts, and I'll do this. This is, you know, what he sounds like. Uh, but uh, this was my sassy Trump version, and he's like, "God, I just, just, oh, this helmet's ruined my hair. I've just used hairspray. You know, hairspray these days is so. I mean, it used to be, you know, and it would come out in a spray, and now you got the pump." You know, and because of the ozone or... And my apartment is... It's totally concealed. It's concealed. Right, he gets the word wrong. Uh, how does that affect the ozone? Like, I want the old, you know. So anyway, so these guys, right, sitting behind him, he's, like, talking about hairspray for the first, like, ten seconds. And they're going, oh, here's pretty good. <laughs> and then you can kind of see their faces, like, fade, like, as he's... Wow, he's been talking about hairspray for two minutes now. <laughs> you know, and and um, so so uh, and people had said to me in the in the comments on YouTube, you know, um, occasionally they say, "Oh, bring back Cockney Trump and do this other one," and and I like doing that one because, first of all, he's. You know, it. I feel like it's his true. <laughs> it's it's his it's his true um, spirit coming yeah, yeah. through. You know, and and also it's the one that if he has seen any of these things, it's the one that will really annoy him. <laughs> it's the one that you know, and I feel like for me, I I, I feel like uh, if. My my ambition uh, before I get sent to Guantanamo, or <laughs> you know, or uh, Trump complex uh, Cuba, um, the the uh, what I what I would love is for him to publicly uh, denounce what I've been doing, and 
and th- like preferably on video, so then I can dub <laughs> that video. How dare he say that I'm camp? It's disgusting. It's you know, I mean, I know, but 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 you know, I I enjoy doing it because it, you know, just as I say, it's like it's a, it's a weird thing of putting a layer upon something that makes the that makes it clearer. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, what's interesting. Is, I think because every now and again you look and think. Oh well, hold on. Well, he's he's looped this bit, or he's changed that. You know, he's you've changing the words. Then you go, God, no, he's not. He's not changing anything. No, this happened yeah. like this, and it was stated like this. Had this repetition and all this yeah. prevaricating, and it. it's kind of insane. So it really does. You know, not that. I mean, not that. There's nothing that you can do to make people. I think apart from letting rule for four years, and then people might go. Oh yeah, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> In hindsight, uh, and and also, but it's rare, isn't it? It's rare to see something politically happen and sort of be sure that it's a massive error. And both yeah. with both with and Brexit is more arguable, I think, than Trump. But even so, they've both got like this little time period before they happen, where you're sitting there going, "I can't believe this is going to happen," and we could could we stop it happening? And yet we're not we're not going to stop happening because of democracy. <laughs> Because yeah. democracy is so sacrosanct that we can't even go, oh, hold on, why don't we just have a first vote and then have a little think about it and then see how it's going and then mm. the second, we have a second one and that's the one that counts. Yeah, it's the real one. Uh, <laughs> best of three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like, it's both of them are kind of... You, you can see things going wrong and wrong and wrong and going, are we literally just going to sit back and let that happen? We are, though. We're going to sit back uh, and let both of them happen. Yeah, I suppose. But then, you know, I don't know. It causes... You know, I don't want to get too political. By the way, I've never understood anything about pol- uh, about politics, um, and uh, I, I, and I've really had no interest in it. And it's it's uh, like 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 um, you know, I mentioned Armando's show, and the, you know, um, the thick of it. You know, like for instance, I, uh, I I've never really managed to get into that because I don't. I don't understand the, 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 the context of it. You really need to know a lot about politics. Sure. In fact, that's right, I auditioned for a role in the In the Loop, uh, the, the film, yeah? Of, is that what it was called, yeah, yeah. In the Loop? And, um, and I had to kind of improvise. <laughs> I had to improvise this scene. I was told basically what it was. Okay, look, you're trying to get this policy through. Basically, you're a policy wonk, right? And I was thinking, I don't know what that is. I don't know what... Okay, explain. What is, what is anything? You know? and, um, and it's just been a, a huge blind spot for me. But you know, I think one thing, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people in the world, it's, it's taught me... A, I've learned a lot about politics... Um, this uh, this year, you know, with Brexit and and look, as you say, you know, with you know, it was a similar feeling of like in London, you know, and the people that I know and stuff, you know, we were all just kind of so shocked and and uh, but but as you say, it, it, the, 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 at least there is there is a reasonable argument for it, you know. I mean, it seems clear to me that that. It's it's a huge disadvantage for us leaving the EU, but like, uh, like how many people here uh, voted to <laughs> voted to um, leave? The, 
do you know? I, it, do you know? It doesn't even matter. I can't see it. I can't see anything. There will be some in here, but like, but again, it's not. It's sort of. My audience is probably going to be a little bit less representative yeah. than uh, okay than a national poll. Yeah, but, but including all the stupid people, right? So that's that's this is the creme de la creme. But but but. <laughs> but, but, but nevertheless, it's, it's, uh, there is, there is a, 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 a reasonable, okay, the, the, there is a reasonable argument to leave. And there's, you know, uh, and, but with Trump, you know, people are, that's not, it's not reasonable at all. Even for those people who, who feel forgotten and are just living in these Walmart places and, Earning shitter and shitter money, and uh, to, to, to vote for this guy, like every piece of evidence about this guy, just <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it, it, it's 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 mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Well, it's all, I mean, you know, and he's in the most powerful position in the world. What's he, what I'm amazed about is that nobody in America seems bothered about the Rush, you know, the the, ba- the Russian backing, the fact that Russia has helped him get into power, yeah, uh, the fact yeah. that he owes loads of money to, to different banks around the world who yeah, he's now yeah, going to yeah. be in charge of, and is clearly, you know, there's there's a, at least a conflict of interest, however he chooses to address that, but it feels like he wants to just do the best for Donald Trump, which is, I, uh, uh, which is. His, yeah, well, his, <laughs> make as much money as he can. But I'm amazed, you know, in America 20 years ago, if you'd said, this guy's, the Russians are behind this guy, yeah. people would have gone apeshit. And so the, the hardcore American, we're American and let's make America great again people are allowing Russia to have influence, so, uh, so much influence that it might make America no longer the greatest power in the world. Uh, probably make China the greatest power in the world. Yeah. I, uh, um, there was, there was a one video that I did where it, that George Stephanopoulos from CBS was interviewing Trump about... Uh, and he was being very reasonable, and he kept pressing him on this. He said, do you have a relationship with Putin? You, and Trump's like, I, I have no relationship with Putin. I don't... I, 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 I've never even met Putin, right? And, like, you know, so that's my overdubbed voice, but, like, you can see in his eyes, it's, it, like, brings out, like, oh, he's totally lying and just making this <laughs> up, you know? And he's... And, you know, I, I mean, please check this. It's my favourite one of the whole thing because it, like, it, it shows how, first of all, how he lies, also how he... Because uh, he's such a king of bullshit, he can just... He, he he's totally in the second, you know. He's he's like he's got some kind of like reptilian uh, sense of of survival and and making these quick decisions and not thinking about any consequences, you know. And and George Stephanopoulos says, you know, well, you, you know, you have said before that you have had a relationship with Putin in the past. Well, what do you mean by a relationship? I mean. We didn't go hiking together. We didn't. We didn't spend. Uh, we didn't go fishing together. We didn't spend. And it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking? And, and uh, I mean, look. It's uh, as I say. You know, it's 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 like we've all had all of these conversations like s- so much. So I, you know, I won't go on about it uh, 
too much, just for another about 50, 55 minutes. <laughs> That's why we've, we've got all night, it's the last one. Um, um, I mean, it's great, it, it, it's interesting, I'm just not, yeah, I think you're right that it's, for, com- for from a comedian's point of view, it's, it's sort of not satirizable because it's too... Yeah, like, like the... Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen any of the, uh, the SNL sketches with Alec Baldwin uh, doing him. And he does, right, uh, a pretty great Donald Trump impression, but it's that thing of, like, you can't... You can't exaggerate him. You can't, because it's just... It's not... It's, it's kind of... He's gone way beyond that threshold that any exaggeration is is just superfluous, it just dilutes it even uh, uh, and, and, and also interestingly right, for somebody with such a distinctive voice as Donald Trump from uh, somebody who does impersonations he's actually really difficult to, to do right. yeah, he's, di- you know, he's, he, he's hard to do yeah. Yeah. so anyway <laughs> can anybody do a Donald Trump impression? <laughs> Amanda did a quite good one in the end yeah, in, in the podcast, but yeah, it's uh, it is it's a tricky one. Uh, well, let's talk about something. Well, it's, it's, it's similarly one. The internet, a, a lot, well, a lot of it. I was spending all. I got trapped in a Brian Butterfield loop oh, uh, this oh. afternoon, which was very enjoyable. I mean, it's oh, the way thanks, to man. it's you. the way to enjoy it. It's just to let it. You put one on, and then they just keep coming. And there's so many of them, oh. and they're so and they get funnier. We, last time we were on, we talked about uh, Limmy and Falconhoof. It's the same sort of thing. Where oh, did we? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah but it's yeah, that right. same sort of It comes on and it's the same idea, but it, it keeps on changing and exploring. And, oh, are well, you doing more man. with the, I hear there was a rumour of doing a TV show. But is that yeah, gonna... well, we, we, we've been trying to do a TV show for, for years, actually. And um, we, we, this year, we, we, we got commissioned by the BBC to write two scripts of a. Uh, of a sitcom, a, a Brian Butterfield sitcom, that is the premise of which is he is in uh, he's in an office. Like if you've seen any of his sketches, you know his office is just like looks like it's been ransacked by uh, by um, the uh, special branch, you know. And and uh, so he's in this office, and each week he's got like a different business thing that he's that he's doing and that's what each episode revolves around we d- and we did this we, we, we did this read through it was like a so they didn't give it a pilot they gave it a uh, it's like a, I don't know what, what you it's, all, it's almost like a radio play you do it on a stage and we did it in front of like a hundred people I got into all the Brian prosthetics and you know it takes like four hours you know and it's really good fun you know um and uh, and we and, and we did this thing. So this is Brian uh, is is the boss, and then he has uh, Alison Steadman was his his secretary, who's been with him for years and years and years, who's secretly in love with him, uh, and he is with her, but he just doesn't know it. And um, uh, and then you know John Thompson was wow, in it, brilliant. and who else? Oh, um, Jamie Dimitriou. Do you know Jamie oh, yeah, Dimitriou? Yeah, He's stuff, so yeah. funny, yeah, so yeah. funny, and and Ross Lee. Do you know Ross Lee? Um, Lee Ross, I know from not, no, 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 no. It's a different person okay. with a different name. <laughs> um, uh, I like Lee Ross. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> me too. I'm a big fan. Of I, I really, I genuinely think he's fucking brilliant. He is, yeah. I love watching anything he's in. But I don't know Ross Lee. Uh, Ross Lee. Does anyone know Ross Lee? Rusty Lee is it? I know Rusty, Rusty Lee. Lee. <laughs> Uh, again, a different person. Uh, the the uh, Ross Lee, uh, 
He is a very, uh, he's a very, he's like an androgynous, very skinny uh, guy. He used to present this show on, uh, he's got this very particular voice that's, uh, that's high-pitched. And um, he used to do this show called Burn Bag. Burn Bag. That was like a children's, it was like a children's show. He's a bit like sort of Kenny Everett. And uh, he's like someone who's like a perpetual child. If you don't know Ross... Lee, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. Oh, he did... <laughs> he, uh, he also did a, uh, a pranks show that was on Sky about three or four years ago that Robert Popper uh, produced this, this pilot of um, that you can probably still find somewhere. Oh, my God, it's one of the funniest things, right? Because he's like this little skinny guy, right? And he does this hidden camera thing where... He's, uh, and he explains what the thing is to camera before. So he goes, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in this minicab and I'm going to get him to drive to my house and then I'm not going to come out for five minutes and see what he does, right? So, okay, just here, please, at this cul-de-sac here. Thank you. And this, like, minicab driver, you know, somewhere in, like, Leeds. All right, mate, all right, you know, and he's waiting and he's waiting. And, and Ross goes inside, right, <laughs> now what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, get disguised as my own mother. <laughs> and because he's so, he's got these really, he's so skinny, he's got these fine, he's actually quite beautiful looking in a, in a sort of weird way. And he puts this grey wig on. And, uh, and this dress, like, really quickly. And this guy gets tired of waiting. He comes up to the door. Uh, excuse me, uh, the, this, this lad just uh, dropped off and he hasn't paid me. Oh, that'll be our Ross. Oh, he's always doing that. Hang on. Ross! Ross! Oh, just hang on a minute. I'll, I'll go and see if I can find him. And then he comes back out. And uh, so the guy's still waiting at the door. And then Ross then proceeds to change into, like, his brother, his dad. <laughs> and this guy still just doesn't know what's going on. It's, it's, just, it's just absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, so anyway, you should check it out. Ross Lee is great. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, so we did this, we did this uh, pilot, uh, sitcom pilot, uh, read-through thing, and it went really well. And it's, it's, it's the one thing that I've been involved in where I, th- where I thought, this, I think people would like this, right? It's like, you know what it's like when you, you have something that you've written or that you're in, or, ooh, I've got a part in a film. Maybe I'll be a star next year, you know? <laughs> and it just, you know, it, you, you kind of temper your um, enthusiasm, you know? But, like, for this, I really... It seems to really kind of connect with people. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, anyway, we did this thing in January this year, and then, uh, and then the BBC waited about five months, and then we got an email saying, oh, the BBC have turned it down, and we were like, oh, God. But anyway, um, <laughs> it might be uh, happening again now. I, I, I think what, what's, what's going to... The BBC, I think, are playing a long game where I think in about 40 years they're going to commission it in order <laughs> primarily to save money on uh, prosthetics. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> by which time I, I, they will be unnecessary. I might even have to lose some weight. <laughs> um, but He's um, quite a Donald Trumpish character himself, in a way, and this is sort of bullshitting, trying everything, every business he can do, uh, yeah. allowing bad... Te- I love the kind of... There's bad testimony in... It. Basically, every, every of the, all the sketches are him trying to set up a different business yes. of those kind of shystery businesses that you know, well, aren't a million miles away from what Donald Trump's doing. Well, I think that that's the difference, is that he genuinely thinks he's like a visionary and some of his ideas are actually quite... Uh, they're, they're quite good, you know, and... Um, uh, he, he just doesn't have the, he just doesn't have the acumen to kind of take the, the the get the full worth out of these things. But he he's got a conscience, and what he wants to do is help people. Where and it's never it's never about selfishness. Never. He do, he's not selfish at no. all, and he's um, and I think. Uh, yeah, so that's where the, the, the difference is Donald Trump. And I think just generally, like, this other thing, I know, like, politics and everything, but, like, just, just like, I, I feel like this distinction between, like, that you, you, you see with, like, Democrats and Republicans and right-wing and left-wing and whatever, it's, like, really... It, it, I, I think we should kind of be doing away with these things, you know, because... That people have different opinions about different things, and uh, you know, um, I think I I, 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 I mean, I think generally, like the, this this Donald Trumpy movement, uh, and, and people like Ann Coulter, right? You know, Ann Coulter, this American journalist who's uh, she's just like really mean and unkind and like. Just horrible, like guy Steve Bannon. Yeah. He's fucking horrible. It's just like these people just shouldn't be called right. They should be called horrible people. <laughs> They're just not kind, you know. Yeah. And and I think you know there are people who you would describe as like um, I don't know whatever Republicans or capitalists or whatever, but like who are kind and care about people and want to help people, you know. And then there are people who are just. Like really super selfish and um, anyway this is a funny interview isn't it it's all right it's all good millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I want to ask you this because I've been trying to get it worked in a little brief period and we haven't had good stories. Have you met Brian Blessed? Uh, no, oh. I haven't. I haven't met Brian Blessed, but a friend of mine, uh, Tim Kirkby, who's a brilliant director yes. who directed uh, Look Around You, director Look Around You, and 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 Tim's like. He's doing all kinds of stuff. In fact, Tim recently did... Um, uh, he, Tim directed the pilot of Fleabag, which I only just recently saw, oh, which yes, I loved. Yeah. And, um, but Tim remembers going to, to... He was shooting something, and they were... <laughs> they, were they, they were shooting something. I think maybe it was like the Lake District or something, and uh, uh, they were... Uh, he, having a drink in the bar in this little hotel they were staying in it was like 10 o'clock and, and Brian Bliss right I'm off to my bed um, I'm going to uh, climb the um, whatever the local mountain is Ben Nevis tomorrow morning before we start shooting but you've got a <laughs> 7 o'clock call yes I know that you know I know it's not a very good Brian Blessed impression but anyway uh, and um, so, you know, and then he turns up on set, 7 o'clock, people have forgotten about it, you know, and he's getting in costume. And, like, you know, how was your... Uh, you went up Ben Nevis this morning. Yes! Oh, it was marvellous! It was amazing! Anyway, basically, he didn't. And he just <laughs> lied. He just lied. Um, uh, and, uh, and then there was this... The other thing that I know about Brian Blessed... I mean, he seems like, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, he's, he seems like a pretty, you know, he's a, he's, he, the world would be an int- more, uh, less, in- more, less interesting place. I hate using cliches like that. I avoid them like the plague. <laughs> um, but um, the, uh, but, so I don't know anything about him, but he seems pretty funny and entertaining, yeah. you know. He did this, he, this one clip just, really is has stuck in my mind far more than it should but I, I don't know it's on YouTube it's, it's, it's when he used to do this uh, early morning BBC hospital show <laughs> there's a live from uh, the, the uh, whatever that hospital is in uh, Waterloo that oh, yes uh, Thomas St. Thomas's yes <laughs> yes so the, the BBC commissioners thought should we get to present this program <laughs> what about Brian Blessed Fucking yes. And, 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 uh, so there's this bit, and it's all live, it's all morning television, so it's got all that, you know, uh, sort of something, you know, they're expecting something to happen, and it doesn't, there's a little bit of dead air, and somebody's got a foot injury, and Brian Blessed says, you know, I've got a very unusual foot. Has anybody seen this clip? <laughs> And someone says, what do you mean? Well, I, it was, uh, I think, for instance, I was, I was run over by a car when I was 22, and, and uh, look, I'll show you. And he takes his, his shoe off, and his foot, right, is about like, is about like that big. <laughs> and like, it looks like a sort of, like some giant's hand is trapped in there. And that, and that has been sort of, has been like, also has been like deep fried in a, in a chip shop. It's like the most weird, it's like really a thing you do not expect to see at that moment. And he's quite proud of it. I mean, look at that. Oh, God. 
this, this, oh, this is a size 11. This is a size 44. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're my two little Brian, <coughs> Brian Blessed yeah, uh, anecdotes. They're always good value. I'm hoping he'll be a guest on the next series. We've got, we've, I've been in touch with his agent. We couldn't get him this series, but hopefully next series. Hope by which we'll have a, a big, a lot of stories about him. Do you ever worry that you don't have a flexible and customizable registration system for venues and events that want to take part in festivals? <laughs> that have ever been a concern of yours? How would, would you like a suite of tools to help festival managers minister to their events? The tools ranging from brochure production, box office integration, and website driving to front of house displays, press management, contract generation, and automated settlements. I mean, like, we could have been like a worldwide network of festivals, venues, producers and performers designed mm. to expose shows to mm. the best places to perform and allow festivals to find their best work. Do you think? Because <laughs> I think if you do, you should try uh, Eventatron. I think be, they would be, be... I think that will solve your problems, your worries you've been having. Eventatron, they're very good um, at doing... Festival registration and management they, they are very good. Yeah. No, 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 no. You know, you know it's just, it's a big robot, yeah? Right. It's a Ventatron beta, an introduction to Ventatron. Ventatron is a robot, but he transforms into a massive marquee. <laughs> with lighting and... Um, I, mean, I don't know why the man who runs a Ventatron thought this would be a good... <laughs> Good platform for uh, advertising, but there might be quite a few festival organisers out there. Thinking, so hang on, yeah. how did you get? Was that a, was that a question posed to me? <laughs> yeah, no, it's no. Uh, I've, I've slipped in a product placement. Clever, I've cleverly ah, slipped it in. I see. I cleverly slipped yeah. in so it sounded like it was, It's good and it's taking off faster than uh, Chris expected. The man who does it. Well, well, good, good, good. One for of the you, reasons Chris. I've been crap at getting back to you is I'm currently swanning around Canada and the US, showing it to interested folks. All right, fuck off, Chris. <laughs> we have gone. He's kind of currently swanning got, around. He's in Canada and America. He's going to make millions off it. He could have wow. given us more than 250 okay. fucking quid, couldn't you? Then if it's, that's, anyway, Ventatron Beta is uh, the, if that's what you want. If you're saying, uh, if you're thinking of setting up a festival, that's what you is want. Is this is this your company? No. No. I just feel it like a kind of bloke you might it be It is now. In. Richard, tell him. <laughs> it's yours. Uh, if you had to be in a human centipede with two other people, mm. and you're in the middle, but you can choose the other two people, which two people would you choose to be in a human centipede with? Okay. So you're in the middle. Let's see. Wow, what a question. Okay. Who's got the tastiest excrement? <laughs> uh, Ah, okay. Well, you know, um, I suppose the front of the... Um, first of all, right, yeah. if I was to agree to do this, yeah. it would. I couldn't go like the full horrific human centipede. I'd have to... Like, it would have to be like a pantomime human centipede. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's the same, but like we're in a costume you know <laughs> uh so at the front who would it be um oh god <sighs> god what a question <laughs> i mean and i've been asked this so many times <laughs> i would say um oh god but donald trump because right you know what if you're gonna do that 
you might as well just do it, you know, just just make it as bad as yeah. possible. Um, and then behind yeah. me, um, oh god, I don't know. I mean, I mean now they're getting your shit and Donald Trump shit. Yeah, yeah. Up, I mean that is bad. It was alright when it was just yours. Do you know what? I think to be fair, what I would do, right, is I would, I would probably have like a competition and the proceeds would go to charity. Right. So, so like everybody would get a fair chance <laughs> of, uh, you know, and a benefit, you know, Oxfam yeah. or... Um, so you're going to auction it off to someone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not sure it would raise that much money, but you know, you never know. <laughs> I've been looking at uh, YouGov pages. YouGov has this thing where you can look yourself up on YouGov or look up a celebrity or a product and find out what their fans... Like, uh, the only thing I want to say about <laughs> your fans, your fans on social media follow a variety of people you'd expect, I think like Robert Popper and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they also follow Andy Peters. <laughs> Is there a reason for why your fans would follow Andy Peters? Uh, God, I don't know, really. Have you got any connection with Andy Peters? Um, my connection with Andy Peters... I mean, he'd be a good person to have at the front of a human centipede. <laughs> I imagine his excrement is delicious. <laughs> He'd be quite popular. Yeah. It, it, they might even insist on it being a human millipede. <laughs> um, the uh, Andy Peters. Uh, all, all I really know Andy Peters from is the uh, Toy Story Two. Uh, it's 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 the only doff moment of Toy Story <laughs> Two, which is which is a, a, a classic film in every respect, and. As part of the uh, whatever it was that the, the sort of youth show that was on, possibly it was T four or the yeah yeah the the, the predecessor to that, um, uh, which may have been called T five. I, I I don't know, but um, uh, oh, that was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, he went uh, and did a visit to Pixar and showed them all recording the sound and stuff, and they said, "Hey, why don't you?" Uh, you want to record a line of dialogue, and and there's a bit in the, uh, I, I I think it's where all the lo- the luggage is getting sorted behind the scenes in the at the airport, and 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 he says some line, and suddenly it's like the whole film just comes to <laughs> stop. And it's only a couple of seconds long, but um, yeah. anyway. But thanks, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Presumably in America, they probably they sometimes do that, don't they? Show the cartoons and they change. The people to local oh, celebrities. So maybe sometimes, they, maybe yeah. they did that in each place, so they could do a little bit in the making uh, of film. Uh, yeah, I, I think Pixar are kind of too classy to do that. Right. I, think, I think, but like, uh, but then others definitely do. Yeah. Like, I think Jeremy Clarkson was in Cars, the film. <laughs> film cars <laughs> and I think maybe he wasn't he probably would be now though wouldn't he um, the, 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 there, was, there was a funny thing about uh, that Robert Popper was saying about cars that really makes me laugh I'm a big Pixar fan but I find cars isn't like my favourite one I think it's a bit of a bit of a weird one and um, Robert was talking about the, the logic of it he didn't talk about this on your I don't think so so okay you have these anthropomorphic cars right and they have where their windshields are eyes and their grills and mouths and they live in this world that's kind of uh, they do human things but there are lots of roads and everything's very car based you know and um, and, and Robert was 
was sort of <laughs> it was just thought the thought of this really funny image of like well, what is inside these cars <laughs> and and then he thought imagine if you opened a car door and then just like a, a rotting skeleton of a human just lolled out and clattered to the floor. I always thought that was funny, just imagining them all with corpses of, you know, some weird, like, um, nuclear event had mutated. Anyway, uh, I often think of that, yeah. and, and, and it makes me laugh. What is, I like, this is almost connected. What is your, uh, what do you think is the worst Adam Sandler film? Uh, okay. do, you, do you watch Adam Sandler films? I, I, I've seen some Adam Sandler films. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Have you been in any of? You've not been in any of the Adam Sandler. No, films? I've never. I've never met him. Apparently, he's a very nice man. Yeah. Everybody says that he's a very nice man, and uh, uh, and I think I think he's funny when I've seen him on uh, you know doing little bits on Chach, the little ukulele thing. Have you ever seen him do that, where he does the little songs with the ukulele in like a kind of childish, high-pitched voice? Yes, I remember I seeing it. He started doing it. I thought, oh, this is rubbish. And it was actually brilliant. <laughs> you know? But um, there was this... Uh, I walked past a few months ago. There's, a, the, the, there's a, uh, a shoe and key repair shop um, in, uh, I think, like Cricklewood or somewhere... That is this is this little this little place, and they have this poster up for this Adam Sandler film called I think it's called The Cobbler. I think it is. <laughs> You've chosen my best one as well. That's my that's my best worst one. So, and it was in the sh- it was in the window of this um, of this little shoe repair a, a cobbler's, you know, yeah, and. I, I stopped and stared at it, and I thought, I really was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. Is this a real film? Or has the owner of the cobbler's shop got, like, a 22-year-old nephew who's mocked up this thing uh, about, like, as if Adam Sandler was in a shop, uh, was a cobbler in a shop, and that he, had, he could make magic shoes, right? <laughs> Because the poster looked just like wonky and wrong, you know? And then I, I walked off deciding, no, that's it. It's his nephew has done that, and it's a really sweet thing, and I should stop being so cynical about the world. And then I looked it up on IMDb uh, later that day, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. Is it? Yeah. Um, I really recommend it. I don't want to tell you too much about it, A, because I've talked about it quite a lot of length... And B, I think you have to discover it yourself. It's like it's right. like the Danny Dyer, who do you think you are? <laughs> but it's sort of the opposite of that. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. Danny Dyer's, who do you think you oh, are? Yeah. Don't, I'll, I'll I'll give you a link to that as well. Uh, have you have you you could have you not done who do you think you are? You know the program. Who do you think you are? Uh, who do who do it's you about think the you are? it's about the family trees going back into. The yeah, I don't know really. Yeah. I I. I I don't think it sort of... It looks to me like um, it's got that same kind of feeling as, like, Antiques Roadshow, where they <laughs> pretend to be... Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no, I think. Well, the Danny Dye one proves that it's, uh, it's well, What genuine. happens in that? Oh, look, well, I know I you. I don't want to tell you, you, you but... Oh, okay, oh, okay, fuck, okay. it's brilliant. 
It's absolutely... It'll cheer you up. It's the best thing that's happened in 2016. It, probably, it was probably recorded in 2015, though, if we're honest, so that's the reason. Let's go on. Let's move on. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I was, I, I, this, you've, been, you've been in some bad films as well, so let's talk about those. Uh, so, because we talked about your good films before, and there's been some good ones. Pudsey the Dog, the movie, how did that go down? I've not seen it. Uh, you've not seen it and no. you're criticising it. Yeah, I've right. just, I'm just, oh, okay. just guessed it's bad. Um, you know what? It's actually... Uh, it, uh, oh, I haven't seen it. I mean... <laughs> I, 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 I didn't you didn't pay to go to the premiere of Pudsey the Dog the movie like you did with <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Um, I mean, I always thought that that whole thing with... OK, so the dog wins the contest on the TV, but it's called Pudsey. And, like, Pudsey is the bear with the eye injury... Um, and why would you? I, I, there were suddenly two podsies. Yeah, that and, was and, weird. And that I didn't like. No. I, 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 I thought she could have thought of a more original name for the. <laughs> Still, we're in the film, though. You could have. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah have I know. I know. The I, until I, they changed the name of the dog. Well, I wrote a long scene in which my character made this very point, but I don't think it made the. <laughs> Final cut. I haven't seen the film. But, you know, I, I didn't think... To be honest, I've been, in, I've been in worse stuff than that, honestly. I mean, you know... What is the worst uh, Peter Zarek-English film? Oh, God. Run, uh, Fuck Boy, Run? That's not bad. It's, it's got some... It, it, is, it is bad? Is, is it bad? It's bad because it's good. It's not, it's not as bad as The Cobbler, so it's, you know... Um, but it's badder. It's worse as a result. Uh, badder. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was kind of... I'm getting all defensive. We're <laughs> <laughs> going, going to all Steve Merchant now. This is it. I've read. But, 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 but also, you know, I don't want to... That's such a nice time, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to diss the other... You know, I was such a minor part of that uh, film. And, yeah. like, you know... I've got a running joke. It's only my, it's my running joke. About I, oh, okay. I did criticise it to Simon Pegg's face, to be fair, and he took it quite well. Did he? Yeah, I was surprised. I, and that was the same day that I talked to Stephen Merchant. I think that, that encouraged me. <laughs> the fact Simon, that Simon, I missed that. Simon, what, was, what happened well, to Stephen two, Merchant? I did two podcasts on the same day, the first with uh, Simon and the second with uh, Stephen Merchant. And I think the fact that Simon Pegg didn't mind me. I was really worried before I'm going, dare I mention Run right. Boy Run? Because I've been... Yeah, I think yeah, I've yeah. mentioned it before, not liking uh-huh. it. It's mainly because I'd written a similar thing, and that's so. It's, there's ah, like a there's a there's a there's a story. It's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. Uh, uh, and uh, and then so I I was emboldened to be a bit rude to Stephen so Merchant. What, <laughs> so what did you ask him then? No, it was I just it was nothing. Let's not. It was it was the last one in the series, and I always just fuck it up. Just at the I think I've done a good thing, and let's fuck it up at the end. I mean, it, it would be you, you know. I, I I, uh, I think S- Stephen is, as you know, he's a very sweet. He is, yeah. He's a sweetheart, you know, and uh, uh, and but it, you know, if you were to ask Ricky Gervais that question, <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of, you know, he would he 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 doesn't like people criticizing uh, anything. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about. I'm very. You're, there's so many things that are very exciting that you've done. You Parks and Recreation, which you, it was, it must have been amazing to be in that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was lovely. I mean, I just a little bit in it. I did two episodes, and and uh, it was uh, yeah. It was just, you know, and, and working with like 
you know, there's like eight core people in the cast who are all like fucking just so funny. Everyone's really nice as well. Right, Everyone's, yeah. And I think sometimes you find that with like a big ensemble that occasionally it doesn't happen if there's like one person who's like the 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 queen um, ant or yeah. whatever the expression <laughs> is. But, the, but, but I... It's I, a queen I think, ant, that's um, the expression. It's the next Adam Sandler film. He <laughs> <laughs> turns into a homosexual ant. And it's sort of a lot of him going, ooh, ooh, but then he's got a good friend who's gay and it's all right. Yeah. And then... Go, oh, don't, don't bump me up, my Little clo- and cloaca hole. And, but hey, but hey, I, I, let's all be accepting of each other. And then, and then uh, halfway through the film, the, the, the Queen Ant finds out that it is actually second in line to the British throne. <laughs> and that's where the, the rest of it yeah. takes place in uh, London. Um, the, the, um, Could be the actual aunt of uh, the Queen as well. <laughs> the and Queen's that's how, that's all the, It's a, by coincidence also an aunt, so it, was, it, works in two, it works on two very different levels. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I'm going to pitch it to Adam Sandler. <laughs> have you seen a Queen ant? <laughs> I don't think I have. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm getting this wrong. But I remember seeing like a, a, a David Attenborough about a queen ant, or it may have been a termite, but anyway, it was a queen whatever, and it didn't look like an ant, and it didn't look regal at all. It looked like a fucking weird, like Jabba the Hutt's little nephew. It was yeah. Disgusting, undulating. Ugh, it was horrible. Queen Whatever is the next Adam Sandler film as well. Queen Whatever. Um, a queen of whatever. Go on, we're talking about Parks and Recreation, which I think is probably more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's not really that much to say. You know, everyone was, everyone was just super nice. And I think was, what's brilliant about that sitcom, I think it's about... Often you have a sitcom, there's one standout character that is, hey, that's the classic sitcom character. Yeah. But within that one, there's like three or four, maybe more than that. You kind yeah. of go, hey, they'd be in my top 20 list of best sitcom characters ever. Yeah. So Ron Swanson, but then, you know, we go even like down to John Paul Ralphio, all that stuff. You know, yeah. they, those are great characters. Yeah, I know. And, and uh, you know, all of them. There was this bit, it was like that, because the, the second time I did it was the last episode. And there was a big, like, on, it's where they did a, uh, a TV show, it was the Johnny Karate show. Oh, yes, yeah. And, uh, and there was a bit where the credits rolled, and like for 30 seconds, everybody had to do like a little bit of business. And I just, you know, did some whatever, you know, um, found some old rope in my pocket and, um, and, and got that out. And then uh, the, uh, but then watching everybody else's little bits. They were, oh, it was just, it was just great. They were so, um, each one was like, <laughs> and, and of course, I can't remember any of them <laughs> now. So that's yeah. where the anecdote must end. <laughs> Still good. And um, Gardens of the Galaxy? Uh, yeah, it's, it's That's a good great. film, right? It's, it's good. I think that's a good film, yeah. yeah it's great. Um, uh, the, 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 um, that was a. I had a great time yeah. on that. <laughs> There's the second one coming up, and I've I heard you might be in it though. That doesn't make any sense to me uh, without giving any spoilers. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I, 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 I die a rather heroic death. I'm, I'm only tiny, but I'm in like four <laughs> scenes or something, and I die this uh, in this sort of spectacular way. And I think from what I've heard, the next film, the first hour of the next film is like a funeral and memorial service <laughs> for, uh, for my character. So when I, I... I mean, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I'll watch that bit, and then I'll probably... Uh, <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably scoot, uh, but no, I I thought that was that was brilliant uh, that 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 film and, and and I remember when when I auditioned for it, James Gunn, the director, uh, uh, he was so enthusiastic. It was at Shepperton Studios, um, which still is in great. Uh, it's like the Shepperton Studios have been going for years and years and years, and it hasn't gone bankrupt, and it hasn't you know it's all still there. It's all these like these old buildings and what is it been there for like 70 years or something and uh, so he, he takes me up into this room where it's like all the concept art he's like look come and have a look at this concept art and it was like uh, there were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures of characters and and the, and the cities and the ships and like I was like oh my god this is amazing and he was like you know really what I want to what I want to do is I just want to make Star Wars, like the original one, The Phantom Menace. No, the, uh, the original one. Uh, it's my favorite film. I said, That's my favorite film. It's like, I want to make that, you know. And uh, that was his, his sort of driving force throughout the... And I, and I think, you know, he made it his own thing, but it had that flavor to yeah. it. I loved the humor in that film, the... And I, I remember when I heard that um, about Rocket Raccoon, that oh god, I've forgotten the guy's name. The one of the most famous actors in the world, Bradley, <laughs> Bradley <laughs> Cooper. Thanks, Bradley. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, I remember thinking because I hadn't seen much of what he'd done, and I, I saw that one about um, people with OCD that. Um, Kind of gave me OCD, and 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 I, and I didn't get all the way through, and 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 I thought, is he? I don't know. Is that like they've just got him because like he's like a big name? And my God, he was just brilliant in that film. To be like he's a CG character, and so funny and touching, and like that was amazing. I loved that. I mm. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, what I like about it is you, do, you know, you're a proper film star, and you're still, you know, you're still doing your own stuff on the internet. You're still doing crazy little projects. You still you crop up in like still British things all the time. It's like you're working, you know. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not a film star. I'm in films, and but you know, you know, that's pretty amazing. It, it's, of course, it's great, and I love it, and 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 um, you know, I, I love having such a varied career and and doing lots of different things, and uh, um, you know, like, uh, and again, going back to what I was saying before, you know, like working with, you know, the biggest buzz is like, I mean, look, you know what it's like when you. You know, you've been around and I like, sure and um, <laughs> you, you, you know that thing that you had like when you were in your sort of early twenties of like, oh, you know, you know, like I was saying with Spit and Image, you know, yeah. meeting like Harry Enfield, you know, it's like I could barely speak, you know, and 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 then as you meet more of these people and 
you kind of you just get a bit used to it and and the thrill you know it's sort of sad really you know but then there are people that you um that you do you know you think oh my god you know like i i was at the a couple of years ago I was at the children's baftas and as i uh, as i came i wasn't uh, i was presenting an, an an award i think and and as I, I saw in the um, standing outside getting his photo taken was uh, Justin Fletcher, who uh, you may know as Mr. Tumble if you if you have any uh, if you have any kids. And do you know Mr. Tumble? I do you know Mr. Tumble? You're, you're, you're he has that. come up a couple of times within. Uh, but I met. I also met. We went to um, the Furchester Hotel. Me and my family, uh, to see it being filmed. And, and we waited in the corridor to meet Mr. Tumble for about half an hour, and he came out and was very fatigued, but very nice to us. He's a nice, very nice guy, to Justin, it was at the time. Right, okay. I'm a big, fa- I'm a big fan of his as much as it... Me too! As much, much as he drives me mentally insane. Yeah, yeah, me too. Be a big star on the rock guitar! <laughs> so, you've got to have kids. Uh, anyway, I ran up to him and said... Uh, excuse me. Justin's hands. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, Justin, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, just a big fan, and we're all such big fans of you in our house, and we've watched you for years, and I just want to say it's a real pleasure to me. Uh, and, and he went, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and walked off. Like, like, uh, like, like, maybe like Tom Cruise might have done <laughs> if, if Tom Cruise had been less polite. <laughs> Tom Cruise had no manners, you know, for instance. <laughs> but he is, in the, within the C... I mean, within CBeebies. Yeah, he yeah. is... I mean, it was like... the. I've never waited in a corridor for half an hour for someone, you know. It right. was like this, we're waiting in a cold corridor. Going, well, he's going to come down, he's going to come down. We were, we'd driven five hours to get there and we'd drive five hours back and it was getting late and we had a tiny little child with us. And we're going, yeah, no, we'd, we'd be nice. And, and Phoebe's not that bothered. I mean, like, yeah. to be honest, the, it was the least bothered of the three yeah. of you by far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but he was—he was actually quite—he was quite charming and humble when I met him. Um, but then, you know, maybe. But yeah. anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think he's brilliant. But uh, but I did, I, I did do I did do a film uh, last year with Michael Caine, and that was like the that was like the best. You know, because he's such a hero of mine, and uh, and I got I, I play his uh, son, uh, his son-in-law in this film, and all my scenes are with him, and 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 I got that feeling back of like that where I was breathing just like up here, and uh, just so nervous and sleep the night before, you know, and um, uh, I, I, I and we had a day of uh, an afternoon of rehearsal. It was filming in New York. We had a fil- uh, We met in this hotel room, and uh, as I was waiting for him, I was thinking, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I've got to act across the table with with Michael Caine, and and you know, what if he's like in a bad mood? You know, what if he's like, uh, and then you know that thing, the never meet your heroes yeah. thing, and which which I hate because you know we're all we all we're all shits occasionally, you know, but you know with someone like that. It can, you know, I didn't want, you know, like, like for instance, when all that horrible stuff came out about Jimmy Savile, that just ruined Jimmy Savile for me. Um, You know, I I, I can't, I I can't watch any of his his, his stuff anymore. And, um, 
But uh, Michael Caine, and you know, he's 82, is what, yeah, he's like, he's 82, and he's like, and then he, he was so charming, and so uh, he came in, and he said, oh, hello, yeah, um, I'm Michael, pleased to meet you, you know, first of all, you're like, wow, he's like, he, he's really tall, you know, he's like, he's like 6'1", or 6'2", or something, you know, and, uh, you know, we sat down, and, you know, having a cup of tea, and, uh, oh, thank you, thank you, you know, the, 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 the lady that brought him in, you know, th- oh, thank you very, you know, you know when, you, when you see people like, like, like powerful people talking to the, the least powerful people in the, whatever organization you're in, and, and being nice to them, you know, that's, I mean, it shouldn't be, but it's always, it, it's a yeah. good indicator of somebody's heart, you know, and, and you know, he was, <clears throat> he, he started talking about, you know, before we were reading this script there, he said, uh, you know, I just got one of these new um, Apple watches, uh, my wife bought it for me, and, uh, you know, this thing's great, uh, you, you, you know, you, uh, what's brilliant about it is, there's a little charger, you put it in the bathroom, and then at night, you take the watch off, put it on the charger, and in the morning, it's all charged. <laughs> and, um, and I just thought, I just thought, fucking hell, you're 82, and you got an Apple Watch, right? And, like, you're just, like, you know, that's no big deal. It's like, he just, he's got it, and he uses it, you know, and, and, uh, and, and also, I had done this sketch on my uh, short-lived sketch show about 10 years ago, which was, um, I was obsessed uh, as a young actor with um, Michael Caine's acting masterclass that he did for the BBC. And I don't know whether, has anybody seen this sketch? Um, And uh, it's quite a faithful recreation of, of, of the thing, you know, in terms of, like, it's a black set, and it's basically Michael Caine in... I think it was about 1983 where he is uh, telling a group of actors he's giving them acting tips. So uh, and and also he's got he's 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 smoking a cigar as well. So he tell it's 1983 and it's really cool. It's like and so many actors that I know have said that has been so influential because he gives you tips that you would never ever ever learn anywhere else because you don't go to like. Act- film acting school you just don't you might do in like LA even but I think even it's rare there you know it's it's like he says in this thing in the original thing from 1982 he says uh, when the camera's on you and you're having a conversation with somebody else you keep your eyes the eye that's closest to the camera you look at the eye of the per- the the person's eye that of their eye that is closest to the camera, so the camera sees more of your eye and don't move them about like you do in normal conversation where you duck 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 duck. You just keep that, and it's so powerful. And then he demonstrates it, and it's like it's brilliant. And no one ever teaches you that, you know. And so anyway, I was, when I was doing my first scene with him, uh, he. he uh, he said to me, um, "Now, it, now this is your this is your close-up, right? What you want to do is you keep your eye, <laughs> the eyes nearest to the camera, and you look at you look at my eye, and on the left of the camera, you look straight at that." And and, and I said, "Michael, look, um, 
you know, really, I, I know this because I watched your acting masterclass. I was kind of obsessed with it. And um, so, look, I, I, I know it, but, 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 yeah, thanks. It's been so useful, you know. And he, and he says, yeah, it works, though, doesn't it? It works. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Honestly, he's just, like, so genuine. And, like, uh, he was, like, the, the, the biggest treat of meeting somebody, like, a hero, you know. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah, but I didn't... I, 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 I did tell him, after a few days, I, I, I told him that I'd done this little series of sketches about that particular thing and, and people were saying to me go on you've got to tell him that you that you've done that thing and I thought yeah I'm going to go up to my kid and say hey you know what I do an impression of you <laughs> oh really <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, but uh, and I never got a chance to show it to him but uh, but I'd love to you know, maybe I, I'll, I'll meet it anyway the film's coming out uh, next year what's it called uh, it's, uh. <laughs> it's, called, uh, it's, it's called Going in Style it's about three uh, old guys living in Brooklyn who's uh, they're, they've been best friends for years and years um, Michael Caine's like the, the main friend whose house gets repossessed and the other two are being uh, basically like forgotten by the system they're just old and who cares and they decide to rob a bank because they think they've worked out a way to do it and they think it's a win-win because they either rob the bank and get all the money, Michael King can pay for his granddaughter's education uh, and if they get caught, then they just go to prison and probably will have a better life than, they, than the shitty life that they do. And, it was, a, and it, was a, it was a film, it was a remake of a 1970s film. That's, so the three guys are Michael Caine, Alan Arkin, and Morgan Freeman. Uh, so, you know, and those, all, the, they were fucking amazing as well. <laughs> They're amazing. And like, Alan, Alan Arkin is like... Um, he and he's the oldest one of all of them. He's he's just he will just sit there and set and like it's like he's looking around wanting to make some kind of joke, you know, just like fuck around with somebody, you know. <laughs> and uh, and Morgan Freeman, wow, and he's like really super tall as well, and nice. and uh, yeah, but for sheer like you know star like waves of like. You know, I mean, he was like, I almost was, you know, knocked backwards, like physically, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's, yeah, it's a cool job sometimes, <laughs> it's, you know. It's, but it's sort of, I mean, I find it fascinating with you that it's crazy, I think, that you don't have more, I mean, and I don't feel sorry for you because you've got an amazing life and an amazing career, but you don't sort of seem to have the recognition that I think you deserve, like you, like you say, you do the sketch show and it was really I, I said this on the last one but that sketch show was really right down the line it was it was it, you know anyone average no no it was it was it was really good it was like really like accessible. A solid 50 it was really accessible and really great and anyone should look at that and go great well let's that's a, we've got a proper stand, we've got a proper sketch show oh well you know we should at least give a second you, series you know, to. That, 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 and all this stuff you know, the, the stuff you're doing online and yeah uh, you know it's it's great stuff well, and you're talking about doing a, a sitcom people going, oh no, we don't, 
No, we don't want that's that. That's just life. We don't want that it? guy. It's I mean, just, it makes. It's it like it's like. Okay, so you had uh, Lucy Porter on last week. I did, yeah. <laughs> and um, so her husband, yeah, Justin Fletcher, who yeah. plays Mr. No, no, no Justin yeah, Edwards, um, devised this show called Chat Show Roulette, uh, which which. Um, you may have heard it was a radio sh- they did it on the radio and we actually did um, a TV pilot of this show and it was like it, was, uh, it just baffles me that nobody has said this is a genius idea uh, but what the premise is uh, Justin is this chat show host and you, 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 he has like four guests so it's like, a, it, it's like a chat show format so he sits behind a desk and then he gets these guests out individually. And the guests are all, like, comedy actors, comedians, sort of slight improv people. Uh, and the, uh, so the premise is that the, the performers who on this night were uh, Simon Day, uh, me, Matt Lucas, Carrie Ad Lloyd and Mike Wozniak, and uh, Rebecca Front, right? So... We're, we're all waiting to go on. We go on one by one, and Justin will say, uh, will introduce us onto the stage, and we don't know who we're going to be when we come out, and we've got to sit there and be interviewed in this character that we know from, we, from that, from the walk, from there to there. So, like, uh, I, was, I was telling you before, like, Simon Day, was, he was like this... Uh, he's, Justin says, "Okay, please welcome the. Uh, he's just he's just won the uh, the Milan Award for the second year running. It's the uh, iconic British designer um, uh, Phil Cummins, whatever. And so then suddenly Simon's got to go right. Oh God. Okay. So he walks out and he's got this really sort of loose walk and he's got to make it totally believable and plausible and." Uh, and then Justin asks him all these questions about, like, you know... Um, oh, he's also got a, a, a carousel of cards with suggestions of just words and stuff that he's got from the audience previously. So Justin will say, uh, congratulations on the award. And Simon's like, yeah, well, thanks, you know, and then said something really funny. And, like, everyone's, like, so excited, like, shit, what's he going to say next? And Justin says, so... Um, I hear your latest collection was inspired by lampposts. And he says, yeah, well, the thing, you know, and you've got to, like, react, like, really quickly. And it's all, like, live and, you know, fucking hell. It was so brilliant. And they did it on Radio 4 for a couple of series, and it didn't work so well on... I think there's something about having to see these people that makes it really work. And, you know, but like, look, you know, TV and people who got the power to do these things is like, it, this kind of thing happens all the time. Of course. You know. But it's kind of just crazy, you know, it's, it, it makes sense of everything and it's, it, just, it just seems crazy to me. But yeah, I mean, good things get through. Yeah. At the moment, just like the last four or five things I've seen that have got commissioned, just think, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, but, you know, but the good things do get through as well. And it does make you wonder how good things get through. Like that, yeah. what, it, what I mentioned before, uh, Fleabag. Yeah. I mean, wow, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. And it's just, that's just amazing. I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm slightly out of the loop, completely out of the loop with like modern comedy, but I, I, I haven't really 
What else is good out at the moment that's like in that sort I mean, of... There's loads of catastrophes really great. Oh, yeah, of course. Catastrophes, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catastrophe. That was, I was on with Rob Delaney. Yeah, I you were last time. The, yeah, the, yeah. the last time. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. And then, and then what, el- what else is there, you know? There, there is, I mean, I think there are quite... A, there are a few here and there, but then there's yes, a lot... Yes, what? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it, but chewing gum's meant to be very good. I don't even know what that is. When you said it before, I thought you were talking about literal uh, chewing gum. <laughs> right. Uh, and... Uh, I really like I really like Man Down. There's, I think there's a lot of good. I oh, think right, Drifters is really good, which is a kind of more like slightly more mainstream but rude uh, sitcom. Oh, okay. There's quite a lot of good sitcoms, but I think there are there isn't really the sketch stuff is is sort of gone out the window, and that used to be the way that you discovered a new per, you know that new yeah. people got discovered, and it used to be a way of doing very inventive comedy. Yeah, and and now it's. David Williams getting his mate in to do some Monty Python sketches. Well, that, which I haven't seen, know, but that's what. But I, you know, I mean, I saw the Joanna Lumley one, yeah. and I thought that was there was a sketch on that. Oh man, did anyone see that that Joanna Lumley one? I think it was from last Christmas, where they had the the boy band. <laughs> they had this boy band, and 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 David was being this like kind of Simon Cowell kind of agent music producer. And uh, he had this—he had this boy band of like four, like kind of young, kind of cool-looking, eighteen-year-old guys. And Joanna Lumley was this. At the end, was this kind of weird, uh, like sort of old, like old sort of Turkish woman <laughs> who looked like a. I don't even know what it, what her character was. It looked like she, she, she was putting curses on people <laughs> and it was like he was having this conversation now one of you is, is going to have to go and of course he gets rid of all of them and, and, uh, and makes her the star but anyway it was, it was very funny and weird uh, but, uh, yeah, but sketch shows are expensive to do yeah but they should, you know, it used to be the way I mean, so whatever even if it's the best sketch show in the world David Williams has already done a pretty successful sketch show and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know you'd feel like let's give the opportunity to to someone new, I don't know. You know, it just it just feels it just feels like that's the way TV's playing it safe in a lot of areas. Look, anyway, look, we better let the it's love this because it's the last one. I don't want to end. It's been a beautiful series, and and thanks so much for oh, coming wow. and being the final guest on the, on the oh, show. It's my I tried pleasure. to get Brian Blessed, but he was wasn't available. <laughs> uh, so um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's, he's, he's having a pedicure. <laughs> it takes two days. Oh, and I forgot to talk about the tick, which looks amazing as well. Is that is that going to happen? Oh yeah, 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 the yeah. tick. Yeah, well, uh, this is a show that I did for Amazon Prime, uh, which uh, you can see actually. The pilot is on Amazon. If you if, if you if you got that, uh, we did this pilot. It's a, like a cult, uh, surreal superhero show. It's sort of. Kind of any way I describe it sounds kind of uh, doesn't do it justice, but it, I, I think it's good, you know. And and uh, and and we're filming it in New York from uh, the end of February. Oh, great! For a few months, but yeah, oh, great! And I thought, like, wow, this part and this show is like, it's it's it, it's really inst- it could be like my best job ever, you know. And and I've always wanted to live in New York since I was a little kid and. And uh, and then now, 
you know, Donald Trump, you know, and then like, and it's sort of taken my, just taken the last bit of like, you know, romance and magic out of the whole America, New York, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, what a bummer. Peter Serafinovich. <laughs> you can turn around. I think New York's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it will be okay. He doesn't live in New York. Mm. Yeah, he he sort of wants to live there just instead of where he's meant to live and have yeah. weekends off. It's going to be a great present. Let's give him a chance. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen nothing to suggest he won't be. Let's give him a chance. Yeah. I've seen nothing yeah. to suggest he won't be amazing at this. He yeah. said he will be. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I would be amazing if I was in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. But that, that, and that apparently isn't enough for me to get that job. Which some people would say would le- be less important than being president of the United States. But uh, I'd be great. Just give, put a word in for me. Remember the bit where I went. <laughs> you believed it? No, it was, I was pretending. <laughs> I was pretending. I was acting. I was acting. I'm looking. Fuck man, I'm don't looking, do that, honestly. I'm looking at this <laughs> eye as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone for listening and uh, coming and attending. And thank you very much to my final guest, the series then. He's so really great, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're back in June. June 2017. The Fairies of World. No, thank you, man. Do you like them sky potatoes? (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.